Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Fellow Marketplace Christians, stop apologizing and start winning. Welcome to the Success Edge, the show that helps you take your walk as a Marketplace Christian to the next level. Here's your host, Christian entrepreneur, Tyler McCart. So what's going on, Success Edge listeners? Tyler McCart coming at you. Yeah, I'm always coming at you, baby. Episode 77, man. I am excited about this episode in more ways than one. More ways than one. Man, this is good stuff. Man, we are rolling with the Success Edge. We are, <laughs> man, we're seeing a lot of trends as far as downloads out there, and I really appreciate all the new listeners that we might have. And let me tell you the reason why the Success Edge exists, guys. You know, I had a burning desire to talk about success God's way, and especially for the marketplace, because there were no resources out there doing that. You know, I really had this desire, and I looked for resources out there, but there just were none. So I decided, you know what? I need to create it. So we created the Success Edge podcast. So that's why the Success Edge exists right there. Now, on episode 75, guys, I told you that I was going to be changing things up. It was kind of my State of the Union address for 2015. And I talked about that I was going to be utilizing some sponsors and maybe some affiliates for the Success Edge podcast. And voila, we have Liftoff, baby. (laughs) So these two individuals are two good friends of mine. Now, here's the thing is I'm not just going to throw anybody at you guys and waste your time. You know, I obviously believe in what I'm going to be promoting, right? And case in point, Highbridge Books, right? Now, what's Highbridge Books? Great question. Glad you asked. So Darren Shearer, you probably remember Darren. He's been on the Success Edge podcast probably twice now. I'm actually not probably. He has been on the Success Edge podcast twice. He actually wrote the book, Marketing Like Jesus. And he also has his own podcast. So you've heard me talk about before uh, the Marketing Like Jesus podcast. Now, but what you didn't know is probably that Darren is actually a publisher. Yes, a book publisher. And I guarantee you that there are tons of you guys out there that are listening to this podcast that have a book inside of you, and you just don't know how to get it out. Well, Darren is doing a free webinar actually on February the 10th. Yep, February the 10th at 11 o'clock Central Time. Now, if you want to go and check this webinar out, uh, go out there and register before uh, the 10th, obviously definitely before the 10th, uh, no later than February the 9th, that uh, time will expire where they won't be taking anybody else on. But you can go out there to hybridbooks.com backslash webinar. And when you register, there'll be a section there that you can actually put uh, my name, Tyler, from the Success Edge podcast, you know, in that. And obviously, uh, that'll be kind of my affiliate uh, right there for Darren. Now, the cool thing is, is you're going to learn a ton about how to write a great book. Um, one of the reasons that I can speak from experience on this is my wife is actually writing her very first book with Darren's company, Highbridge Books. That's awesome, guys. I can tell you from firsthand knowledge that Darren can walk you through all the steps of actually publishing your first book, right? I think it's great. It's a great, it's not the traditional route of publishing, by the way. So go to the webinar. It's a free webinar, F-R-E-E, free all right, but in the registration, make sure you um, you know you heard, said you heard about it from the Success Edge podcast with Tyler, and uh, that you wanted to register. Now, number two, and this one is actually pretty exciting. Here, this is actually Mr. Matt McWilliams, my guest today, and Matt has actually got a podcast out there called The World Changers Show. All right, and Matt is Mr. World Changer himself, but the webinar that Matt is hosting is called Networking withpurposelive.com. And you can utilize the affiliate for the Success Edge podcast at networkingwithpurposelive.com backslash Tyler. Now, there's a cost involved with this. Now, the cool thing, guys, is you're going to get two hours. Yes, I said two hours of content in this webinar. And let me tell you what the 
two hours worth is. You're going to get the psychology of networking. You're going to be, you're going to also hear about finding the time to build your network. You're also going to talk, they're going to talk about face-to-face networking. You're also going to hear a little bit about how to network using social media. These are all the different topics that you're going to hear about on this scheduled podcast or it's not podcast, but webinar that Matt and his crew are going to cover. Now, you can get a 25% discount on this if you register today. Yes, I said today. And that is February the 3rd before midnight. Yep. And you can use the pro, uh, promo code SEC25. Okay. And you'll get 25% off after with your registration. So if you're looking for ways to network guys and learn how to network effectively, this would be a great opportunity for you to do that because I know from personal experience that networking has gotten me into doors in which I could not have gotten into. It was from a handshake that I might've made or someone maybe referring me to somebody else that I couldn't have made that refer that I couldn't have introduced myself that way, but through networking with other people is how I know I've succeeded in multiple areas of my life. And if you want to get educated. This would be a great way to do that and to invest in yourself. Yes, it's going to cost some money, guys, but let me tell you, it's worth the investment. It's worth the investment. I promise you that. So go to networkingwithpurposelive.com backslash Tyler for the affiliate link um, here. And obviously, guys, I'm going to have all this in the show notes at thesuccessedge.biz backslash 77 for this interview. Now, Mr. McMahon Williams, world changer, baby. I'm telling you, this is a great one. It's a long one, but man, it's a good one here. There are so many stories that Matt tells in this interview. It is phenomenal, but let's go ahead and jump into this and we'll catch you guys on the other side. What's going on, Success as listeners? Tyler McCart. Yes, I know what you're thinking. You're probably on your elliptical. You might be on a treadmill. You might be running right now. You might be in your car. You might be in your kitchen. I don't know where you're at right now. I just know you're listening to the podcast, and I appreciate that. Really do. And I am super excited that I've got Mr. Matt McWilliams on the call right now with us. All right. He has got uh, a phenomenal background. He might go a little bit of that uh, with you guys, but he's got a fantastic podcast that I've had the chance to listen to many, many times already, and it is the World Changers Show, all right? And, uh, you know, Matt is definitely a mover, mover and shaker himself. He's had several interviews on their, uh, on his podcast. They've been phenomenal, and uh, I'm going to definitely highly recommend to all of my listeners right now that they need to go out and subscribe to, to Matt's podcast. And, uh, the cool thing about Matt, which obviously is, uh, is good is Matt's married. All right. Um, and that's a good thing for Matt. Okay. Cause, cause someone needs to kind of handle Matt and help Matt out. All right. So he's got an awesome wife and he's got one kid right now, one child. And, uh, <clears throat> but Matt, we welcome you to the success head show, buddy. Welcome. And Tyler, can I take you everywhere with me and just have <laughs> you, Talk about me before I, I mean, my head might get big, but that that was awesome, man. Hey, Thank you. I'll, I'll help you out, Matt. You know, actually, your wife will probably help you out and say, "Hey, let's kind of keep that, keep it in perspective, okay? Keep it in perspective." Well, I'm I'm reminded of of the late great Jim Rohn, who used to, and he said this to every audience, but in the audience that gave him a good a good round of applause, he'd be like, "Oh, you're you're so great. Can I make you my traveling audience?" So I'm just gonna take Tyler with me everywhere. <laughs> Well, you know, since we're quoting Jim Rohn, and we'll just go ahead and throw Napoleon Hill in there, and that is, and Napoleon Hill's thinking grow rich. He highly recommends you having a good spouse, okay, to help you be successful in life. And maybe one day I might do a whole entire episode just on that one topic right there. But Matt, I I know you've got an awesome wife, uh, awesome family. I know I do as well. And, uh, but man, it is true. It helps us out big time. So. Yeah, that's, that's really good advice. That's actually from the Bible as well. You know, yeah, like, it actually is from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's amazing that we're even on a show that even talks about the Bible, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I was I literally was just reading today in Proverbs twenty six or twenty seven, I forget which one. Yeah. About how um living was it living with a nagging wife is oh, yeah. is like a living with a quarrelsome dripper and then the you know, ten verses down, better to live better to live on like the roof of the house yes. than, to, <laughs> than to live with a bad spouse. So yes. yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, do this for us, you know, kind of, um, you know, we kind of had a, uh, you, a little bit of your background, go ahead and kind of tell, uh, the success as community a little bit more about you and, you know, also tell us how, how you became a Christian. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, let's see. The, the, the short version is that my name is Matt and I'm a world changer. But I say that because I'm I'm a world changer just like you and all your listeners, Tyler. I think back, kind of uh, one of the most defining moments in my life, because I'm not going to go back to when I was still in, you know, in what are they called, pull-ups, uh, and I'm two years old, and, and my, my dad left, and I don't want to go back to when I was almost nine and then moved to live with my dad, because those are certainly big events in my life. But really, my, my kind of current journey, the last 12 years of my life starts when I was 23, and I was fired by my dad. And it was literally the day after my birthday and he fired me and then gave me an envelope full of cash as a happy birthday present. And that was the second time in my life I'd been fired. Again, I'm 23 at that time. I was, I was fired 20, uh, age of 25. So two years later I was arrested and I stood before a judge who, if he wanted to, could have put me in prison for 42 years. I, I write, I'm not going to go into that. It's a very long story, but I write about it on my blog, Tyler. I'll share the link with the, um, with you afterwards, you can include it. And, and then 27, so now we're two years away, uh, removed from me facing 42 years in prison. We're probably six to 12 months after I got the ankle bracelet taken off from being on house arrest about nine months after I finished doing the community service that lasted forever for what I did and faced the 42 years in prison. I'm suddenly, I'm an executive in this, this, I mean, this thriving startup. I mean, we were just, I mean, it was unbelievable how fast we had grown and, and what we were doing. We, we won the best in business award from the national business journal. And, and again, it was like, I woke up one day, I'm, I'm, I, now 18 months removed from having an ankle bracelet on. We have 50 people working for us. I was leading a team of 12 to 15 people and I had no clue what I was doing. I absolutely was terrible as a leader. And, you know, I was the first employee. I mean, it was m- myself, the, uh, the other two guys that started the company and an outsourced programmer in a third world country in Eastern Europe. And we worked above the CFO's garage. And then suddenly, like I said, I have 15 people, 12 people, whatever it was reporting to me, 50 people in the company. And I was terrible. But like I said, we'd won all these awards and we were doing great. We're doing almost $18 million a year. And another thing I write about a lot is this is kind of the formula for my, for my blog. In fact, is here's how I sucked at something. And then here's how I stopped sucking at it. Uh, So I write a lot about my, my leadership and just how bad I was and, and also how I improved. And I'll share some links with you as well on that. But uh, left there, went on to this new company, found a lot of success there. And that was the first time in my life I actually left a company by choice. I, I'd been fired three times now because that company that I mentioned before, if everybody's keeping track, I've completely lost everybody. They, uh, they fired me. Then I went to the company that I left by choice, went back to the company that I'd been fired from my third firing. They fired me. <laughs> So I jokingly say I'm one of the few people on the face of the earth who's been fired four times, twice by my own dad, or once by my own dad, twice by the same company. <laughs> and so, so Matt, what, yeah, what a, world. What a yeah. journey, man. Holy well, God. my, my next podcast is, I already have the idea. It's called the utterly unemployable podcast. And I'm going to talk about why I was utterly unemployable and actually how that's a good thing. Cause I found what I'm supposed to do in life, but that was November, 2011. I'm fi- I fired for the fourth time and I promise you it will be my last, but here I was November, 2011. I'm unemployed. We have a brand new house. We've been there for a month. I have a six month old daughter, a stay at home mom to support. And that was the moment I decided I'm going to change the world. No, it wasn't. What are you talking about? That's not the moment I decided. It's the moment I decided to poop my pants. I mean, right. I'm, I'm in full panic mode, but literally by that afternoon, I calmed down. I got to work. I started emailing people. I started tapping into my network. That's probably something we'll talk about today is networking. And, and I, but you know, in that progression over the next few months, I really, I I came to realize that I can and should change the world and that I can do that as an entrepreneur. I can do that in business. And I really just, I resolved never again to be dependent upon an employer for income. 
uh, or others for approval. Mm. And, and I also, it took a while, but I, I made this resolve that, you know, I really wanted to leave a legacy. And so my tagline is live with passion, lead with purpose and leave a legacy. And that's what I'm working on doing and resolving to do. Man, Matt, holy Toledo Batman from getting fired to your dad, uh, being arrested to being an executive, <laughs> you know, to, to being fired, to being, to fired, being fired again. And fired yeah, again. It's, uh, and then rehired and fired again. You know I mean? Just, Hey, Wow. So I, I have to go back, Matt, and, and, you know, in that whole entire, you know, journey, you know, did you get saved at a young age or did you, uh, were you kind of get saved at a, at a later age, you know, after college or anything like that? No, I was, I was what I would refer to as, as an agnostic for my entire life. I, I always had suspicions and, and inklings that, you know, I would look up at the sky and say, I just don't know that that happened by accident, hmm. but I'd never, it's not that I'd never been exposed to Christianity or exposed to Jesus. I just think I was exposed to the wrong version of him. Hmm. And, and so I, I always kind of had that philosophy in the back of my mind, you know, the, the three possibilities, I don't know who first coined that, but it, and I, I'm not a theologian, so bear with me here. But I, I always had in the back of my mind, it literally at the age of 24, that Jesus was either who he said he was, and I knew the gist of it. Jesus said he was the son of God. Now, what that meant, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I certainly didn't understand the concept of substitutionary atonement. Um, still don't, for that matter. I can barely pronounce it. But, you know, I, I, Jesus either was who he said he was, he was a complete lunatic, or he was one of the most egomaniacal people on the face of the earth. And I ruled out that third option by studying it a little bit at that time even, and, and basically saying, you know, I just don't really think egomaniacal people do what Jesus did. So I was left with the thing that he was either crazy or he was who he said he was. And, and at, at a younger age, in my 20s, for most of my 20s, either one of those was a viable option. And um, yeah, so in the midst of being an executive, age 27, I think it was, yeah, just actually just turned 28, my life at that moment on paper and from the outside world, probably could not have been better. I'm three or four years removed from facing prison. I haven't been fired in almost six years. Oh, you're and, doing good right there. <laughs> yeah, man, this is great. It's like the longest stretch of my adult life I'd ever gone without being fired. Um, I was making more money than I'd ever made. I made more money that year than probably three times more that year than I'd made in any single year prior. Hmm. Leading a team of people, we're winning awards. I'm winning awards. I mean, life is so good on, on the outside. And there I sat on Father's Day, 2007, and and the, the the short version of the story is a week before we had we were in that church doing a photo shoot for our business, and I looked around and I saw drum sets and guitars and I read the stories of people who attended that church on the wall, and I, I mean all I'd ever known is is churches and there's nothing wrong with this. Don't get me wrong. It's just all I'd ever known from my perspective is is churches where you kind of go to get like yelled at and and it's it's you have to like know all the special things and you have to like no Latin. And, you know, you have to, like, you speak weird and you dress, you have to dress up in a way that makes blood stop flowing to your head. Right. And, and I'm like, and I looked over and I literally, I remember I was like, dude, there's a drum set. <laughs> what is that doing in a church? And he's like, that's what they play on Sundays. I'm like, I didn't know that. And, and the pastor looked like he had, you know, he had his hair highlighted that week, you know? And I mean, it was just a very different experience for me. And I'll never forget. I looked at my friend Hunter, who was the CEO of the company. And I said, will you bring me to church on Sunday? I'm like, like what? <laughs> I, I don't know why I said that. I had no desire to go to church, but I said, will you bring me to church on Sunday? I even went so far as to say, if I'm, if I don't answer the door, when you knock on my door on Sunday morning, keep beating on it. Hmm. So again, as like God put those words in my mouth, cause those are not words that I would have said. Yeah. And I show up father's day, 2007. This is two years after my dad passed away. Hmm. I had forgotten it was father's day. Father's day held no significance to me between the time that my dad died and the time that we had our first daughter. Um, only still our first daughter. Now we have another one on the way, but that's, not, I don't know if she's going to be a daughter or a son, um, but you know, the, between for that, like 11 or seven years there, whatever, six, seven years, father's day meant nothing to me. It was, I'm not married. We don't have dogs. We don't have children. What is father's day? 
And I show up and he says, happy father's day. And I, I mean, I'm literally in that church, like sobbing. And it took me about a month, but I, I sat there in church. I told our pastor who'd become a, a friend of mine and we play golf from time to time. I told him this story one day we were playing golf. I said, I just want you to know that very frequently I completely tune you out at church and I just start having conversations with God. And he's like, that's what I want you to do. I don't really care if you catch my message. It's about you and God. And I'm sitting there in the church in July of 2007. So I get about a month after Father's Day and I'm praying while he's up there speaking or the music playing or whatever. And I just, the conversation I have with God is I'm literally, I'm going to leave this church today accepting Christ as my savior. Like you're not, I'm not going to let you let me off. I'm either going to, I'm, I'm not leaving this seat. I don't care if they like clean up the church and start having other events in here tomorrow. I'll spend the night here if I have to, I'm leaving here accepting Christ. And, and, and God just, he reminded me of that thought I'd had three or four years before you know, Jesus was either a complete lunatic or he is who he says he was. It's your choice. Hmm. And I chose the obvious one now and the rest is history. As they say, (laughs) man, Matt, Holy Toledo, Batman. Good night, Matt. Matt, you're probably the first uh, guest that I've had on the show that was a, you know, professed, uh, you know, agnostic, right? Yeah. And, um, but to hear your, to hear the story of kind of your perception of what church was like, you know, Matt, there are millions of people, unfortunately, that have that perception of church, you know, and, you know, praise God that you were actually, you know, in a church, you know, I'm assuming, I think I might know of the church that you probably were at, I think in Charlotte, that's, is that right? Um, Nash, just outside of Nashville, just Tennessee, outside of Nashville, actually. So, yeah. And, you know, you probably, honestly, you know, got to experience, you know, God for the first time, you know, in the real way that he is. And just to be clear, it was, it's not about drum sets and guitars. That was what, <laughs> right, that was no. what, yeah. those just happened to be the closest things to me. But here's what, it, what I will say. If it wasn't for the drum sets and the guitars, I doubt I would have ever read the stories on the wall. They had these stories on the wall. And, and so maybe the church that you're at doesn't have drum sets and guitars. That's not the point. But if it has people who are, who are loving and people who are willing to admit that they're broken. And I think about, um, what is it? Jefferson, uh, Bethke writes and Jesus is greater than religion is that if, if I'm catching this, if I'm remembering it correctly, I just read it recently. He says that, that, um, the church is a hospital. You know, it's where broken people go to get healed. It's not where God, it's not a, a place of work where God tries to show off all of his shiny employees. Mm-hmm. It's a hospital. And when I, when I kind of realized that and I was like, yeah, everything looks great from the outside, but there really was, it's so cliche, but there was this hole in my heart that was shaped like God. I just didn't know that. I kind I thought that the money would fill it. I thought that other things would fill it. It just wasn't. And I kind of reached the point where, you know, I needed something else. And, and I, like I said, I saw these stories and I saw the, these real people who, you know, were open and honest with what was going on in their lives. And they gave credit to this, this God, this Jesus. Uh, that's when I became open to it. That's when my heart was open to it for the first time. I didn't, it wasn't about people yelling at me or telling me I was going to hell. It, that, you know, I, I did not come to Christ as, as, um, what, what, what one pastor calls fire, fire insurance. Sure. You know, that's not how I, I came to Christ. I came to Christ because I wanted, I was broken and needed somebody to save me. And I'd seen him do it for other people. Yeah, man. Praise God, Matt. That is awesome. I mean, well, Matt, so now, now, so you got saved at 27, if I understand. 20, 28. Yeah. Just after 28. Yeah. 28. And then today, how old are you now? 35 going on 50. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, here's the thing. You know, now that you've been, you know, a Christian for about the last seven or eight years, okay, uh, I'm assuming that you've got, you know, a bedrock scripture that, you know, you kind of hold to, uh, you know, as a Christian in the marketplace, you know, as far as success. What What is that? I don't know if I'd call it my bedrock one, but my favorite verse in the Bible is a weird one. It's, it's John 11, verse 35, which we know is the shortest verse in the entire Bible. That's Jesus wept. Hmm. And for me, 
those two words, they just, they sum up, first of all, it's an easy verse to memorize. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Two words. (laughs) Um, I'm not, I'm not one of those people who's probably going to memorize all of Psalm 119, but, uh, you know, it it just sums up so much of, about who Jesus was. You know, he was, he was human. Hmm. He had feelings and he cares so deeply for us. I think about Lazarus as a, as a representative of me. Guess what? Lazarus wasn't perfect. Jesus didn't weep because Lazarus was the president of the United States. Jesus didn't weep because Lazarus led a sin, sinless life or that he was Mother Teresa that, that we know of. Lazarus was just a dude. That's probably the simplest way I could put it. I, I don't think that he was on... You know, they didn't have TV back then, so he definitely wasn't a televangelist, and he didn't have a radio program that reached millions, but Jesus wept over his death, and I think he also was weeping for Mary and Martha and their parents, probably, and in a way, I think he wept for the human condition, and so that's mm. that's one of the reasons why I love that verse, and then the second one is kind of an odd one, but as a writer, I love that John chose two words to describe so much. Mm. And I, I think he could have written, and this is what I would write, you know, he could have written like, and Jesus fell to his knees, and as he was contemplating the meaning of it all, tears percolated, I don't know if that's the right term, but <laughs> tears percolated in his eyes, and he began to sob uncontrollably. I didn't count the words I just said, but that's like 20 words. Right, right. You know, he said Jesus wept, and, and those two words have so much meaning. So it has a dual meaning for me. It's, it's about who Jesus is and what he means to me, but honestly, also, it's a, it's a literary thing that I think is so beautiful as well. Hmm. Man, that's good. That's good, Matt. So, Matt, you know, what are you doing with that, you know, on a day-to-day basis, you know, as as far as, you know, because here you are, Matt, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're, you know, a business owner of your own. You know, what does that look like on a day-to-day basis for you? Man, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it all. You know, I'm, I have to think of myself as I'm eight years old, actually seven years old. You know, I'm, I'm like a second grader, maybe, uh, maybe I got to skip one grade because I came to it later in life. So I'm like, I'm in third, I'm in third grade Christianity right now. Right. And I think I really do have to view myself that way. So I don't, I don't, I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't know the Bible all that well. I very rarely, I have not reached the point when I hope I never do where I'm like, you know, I've heard this story 74 times because I haven't, I didn't, I don't know what, I still to this day don't know what flannel graphs are, you know, and so many of these things, like our daughter is in school, she's in like, you know, class on Sunday, Sunday school class, you know, three and a half years old, and we volunteer sometimes, and, and I'm amazed at that, like, I never got that when I was a kid, so I don't know all the, like, cutesy stories about Jesus, Yeah, and sometimes, actually, I'm very, I'm offended by them and turned off by them, I'm like, no, 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 they, this, this, this children's Bible has it all wrong, that's not who Jesus was, but as far as what that does for me, it's, it's really about wrapping my head around this, this concept of grace mm. and this concept of, of how much Jesus loves us because, you know, we can sing the little children's songs about it, but man, it's just, it's about picturing Jesus weeping. It's about picturing Jesus dying on the cross and, and doing what he did. And I, the, the word that always comes to mind is scandalous. What, what he did was so over the top, so out of the ordinary, so completely revolutionary, and literally the only person in the entire, you know, all of history who could do what he did. And, and I, I forget about it all the time. You know, I live six and a half days out of the year completely forgetting about that. Or six and a half days out of the week. Sorry, yeah, six and a half days out of the year, I'd be doing great if that was the case. <laughs> you know, six and a half days out of the week, I, I just, I forget about that. And then it's not just Sundays that I'm reminded of it. It's just, it's little bits and pieces here. And, and I mean, what I'm trying to do, honestly, is get that to be six days and five and a half and five and, and so on. And then, yeah. you know, live that life that, that, I, that I see in somebody like Ray Edwards, who, man, he's just like oozing with, with the grace of God and, 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 and so thankful for salvation. And he knows what that means. And he lives his life, everything that he does in his life, from his business to his marriage to the raising of, of his kids. I think he has kids. I actually don't know. I never asked him. Um, you know, and all of those things, it, they, they just ooze out that grace of, of God and that salvation from Jesus. So that's what that verse means to me. But yeah, I mean, I, sometime in the next three hours, I'm going to completely forget about that. And I'm going to stub my toe and get mad about it. And <laughs> 
you know, I, I sliced, I sliced my thumb a week and a half ago and said some things I regret. And it was like, I forgot that God loves me just because I sliced my thumb. And, um, you know, the sight of blood just makes me question his deity, I guess. But, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to forget, I'm going to stumble and I'm going to fall and I'm going to, you know, have to get back up a lot. And, um, but like I said, I have to remind myself I'm I'm a I'm a slightly advanced third grade Christian you know third grader in Christianity right now. But you know the thing is that I like what you were saying, Matt. Is you know from your perspective, you really have, and just with your verse, you really have dialed in. You know the compassion and grace of what Jesus has, and that you know you can be who you are and still know that God still loves you. You know, and, you know, I want I want to, you know, move over into the success aspect of all this. Okay, Matt, you know, and because obviously, you know, you, you've become successful, you have been successful. You know, what's your definition of success as a Christian in the marketplace? Well, good question. I mean, it boils down to it's kind of it's the tagline on my site. You know that, that live with passion, lead with purpose, leave a legacy, and and for me, you know, living as passions or living with passion, I think of I mean, that may involve passions. I mean, there may be multiple ones, but I just think about like as Christians that we should be the most passionate people on the planet. And and I don't think that you know, I think it looks differently for each of us. And I think of the our auto mechanic, the guy named James. You know, I, he doesn't smile or really get like excited, but I think he has passion for what he does and, and passion for the way he serves. And, you know, we, t- I took our car in the other day and he looked at it for like 20 minutes and, and came back and I said, how much do we owe you? And he said, nothing. Well, he has passion for what he does. He has passion for serving God. So it looks differently for each of us. I think people have that, you know, they say, well, uh, so-and-so is passionate because he speaks and his body is open and his, his voice inflection. Well, then so-and-so is not passionate because, they don't have that like bubbly effervescent personality. This is not what passion means. And, and, you know, I, I mentioned him earlier, but uh, Jefferson Bethke, his, his book, Jesus is greater than religion. He talks about the, the Christian subculture and, and how all too often Christians just, they basically copy secular culture, but it's 10 years too late. So, you know, so I always true. think of, I mean, it's, if you think about it, the perfect example so is, true. and he talks, he talks about this in the book. It's the Christian t-shirts. If you go to a Christian store, they sell them there. You basically take a popular logo and you slap Jesus's name on it. Mm-hmm. And they're so, they're so cute and so clever, but I walk by them and the first couple of times I walked by them, I kind of laughed at them. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm never going to wear something like that. But then I actually started getting kind of offended by it a little bit. And, and, and just thinking like they're just copying it really is that because what, what we do, we're, we're made in the image of God and we reflect God's existence. We reflect who God is. Is that what we're saying about our God, that he's just a copycat? Mm. I mean, this is a, like, this is the God who created the entire universe. That's the definition of creative, that he's the creator. So we should be passionate and creative in all we do. So, so for me, that's the first one. That, that secondly, that I'm leading with purpose and I'm serving with excellence. You know, I think about um, on that same note, you know, God is a God of, of purpose and excellence. He does things so well. He goes above and beyond the call of duty, so to speak. I mean, he's not duty bound to any of us, but we pray for like, we pray for something. And what does God do? He, he, opens the floodgates of heaven. Hmm. Say, I do know more scripture than I get myself credit for. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's only because they talk about that every time they ask for a tithe, but, um, exactly. (laughs) It's a whole different subject, but that's, you know, but I think about that. We should reflect that we should go above and beyond. And so, you know, what does Jesus say? If someone asks you to go a mile, you go the second mile. And I I know a little bit about the background of that, but essentially what that's asking is if the the hated Roman soldier comes up and says, hey, you Jew, carry my stuff for a mile. You keep going for another mile. I don't know if anybody ever thought of this. That's technically two more miles because you got to walk the two miles now and the two miles back. You've, Mm -hmm. you've done, I mean, that's, that's a long walk, especially if you're carrying a bunch of his equipment and, and so we should reflect that, that we should go above and beyond. We should serve with excellence and lead with purpose. And then leaving a legacy is the other one. If I, uh, you know, my, my definition of success is that I have a funeral like my dad's 
my dad's my dad wasn't even a Christian. I I hate to say this, but in, unless something weird happened and nobody's ever told me this, I I do believe that my dad. And it's a sad thing to say. I do believe that my dad is is perishing eternally in the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. I guess I have him be blind. I'm just saying I think my dad went to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, and but he had 500 people at his funeral, mm. and and in that sense, in that sense. He was one of the most Christian men I've ever known. Hmm. Again, he didn't, he didn't uphold the laws. He, he was an alcoholic, and he cursed, and he did not, that I know of, accept Jesus as his Savior. But in terms of how his life looked, that's how Christians' lives look. Not because we're in a popularity contest. We're not in some eternal popularity contest. But a, a Christians should have 500 people at their funeral. Amen. So that's my last one, is leaving a legacy. Hmm. Man, Matt, Wow. Success as community, y'all hearing all this right now? <laughs> Matt, we could camp out on just those uh, three things right there, brother. Okay? <laughs> Real easily. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, from the, you know, just the whole entire passion aspect, you know, of what you're doing. But, you know, I love what you're talking about, about purpose. And, you know, how that with purpose, you know, it's, it's just what, you know, my... um my obviously on my intro, you know, is um, a verse of scripture. You know, it says, "Do you see a man skillful in his in his work? He, you know, will not stand before obscure men. Obscure men, he will stand before kings." Mm-hmm. And then he does proverbs. And so, I mean, the thing is, is that what people Christians need to realize is that. You know, if you're living your passion and you're, you know, doing it with excellence and purpose, you're automatically going to leave a legacy. Okay. Because you don't even have to try. The Bible already says that you will leave a legacy behind. And I love what you're talking about your dad. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's unfortunate that, you know, he might not have became a Christian, um, but that we should strive to have that kind of influence you know, uh, with people. I love it. I love it, Matt. Now, Matt, I gotta, I gotta ask this. I mean, you know, with all the background and now you're, you know, blogging and doing a podcast for, you know, being passionate and, you know, being a world changer, you've obviously, you know, I know you've got some failure moments. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you, and I know what you're going to do here. You're going to ask me to pick just one, aren't you? Well, you know, well, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it, you know, we're going to segment a time, okay? I want to do this because I think it's important. I don't want to, I, I want to talk about the, you know, from 20 years old to now, okay? Because, you know, here you are, you're a Christian, you know, and you're trying to live this life that God wants you to live and you're, you know, you're still in the, you know, in you know, the marketplace. And I think, you know, where my listeners are at, you know, they're, they're still trying to navigate the waters, Matt. And obviously they're going to screw it up. Okay. And it's okay to screw it up because of, you know, we go back to your verse of Jesus wept, you know, the whole compassion and grace element. Take us to a time, Matt, you know, during the last, you know, eight or so years that you might've screwed up. I mean, that you had a failure moment and what'd you learn from it? There's something you said in there that kind of, I I guess, triggered this. And this is not something I've ever shared anywhere, like let alone publicly. Um, I don't even know if my mom knows this one. So I'll have to tell her to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Thanks. Uh, I got another download. (laughs) At least one more, right? Yeah. Um, Well, it goes back to that fourth time I was fired. And I... I've kind of, you know, honestly, I'd forgotten about this one part of it because I've, I've glossed over it and I've talked about, you know, yes, I panicked. I'm human. Yes. I was, I was thinking about how I have a a newborn and a a stay at home mom in a new house. And, you know, I, I, I was frustrated by that, but I've often then said, you know what, but the next thing I did was I sat down on my couch and I reached out to my network and I emailed people and by gosh, within weeks, I had multiple offers and that led to me starting my consulting business. Cause that's, that's true. But I leave out the part about the, the first batch of emails that I sent out. 
I didn't mean them the way that it came across, but I, I don't, I, I say that I don't mean them the way they came across, but honestly I did. Here's what the first email I sent out. If I can remember it correctly, it said something along the lines, let's say that Tyler, you were in my network. All right. Yep. I reached out to you and said, Hey Tyler, hope you're having an awesome day. Just wanted to let you know, I'm no longer at the company I was at. The reason is because today they laid off more than half their staff. And unfortunately I was one of those people. But I'm I'm looking for something else now. You know, I wish you all the best. It was great working with you. Blah blah blah. If if you know of anybody that can, you know, that's looking for somebody with my skills, let me know. Here's the key thing. It was the part about they laid off more than half their staff today. I didn't need to say that. Mm. I said that because I was bitter. I said that because I was angry. And I tried to pass it off as uh, and, and nobody called me out on it. Nobody that got the email said, wow, that was really a jerk thing to do, Matt. But I got an email from the CEO of the company that said, really, you actually said that, you know, I, I cannot believe that you would say that, uh, that that's just, uh, you know, well, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I just remember, I don't know what made me think of that, but that was, that was one of those moments where, uh, you know, I, I, again, I, I can say, I can sugarcoat it and say, you know, I really didn't mean it that way. I was really, what I was trying to say is I didn't get fired because I, I sort of didn't get fired. I, it's easier to say I was fired four times and say I was fired for three times. And once I was laid off, but the reality was they kept about half the people, you know, and clearly my services weren't of value in the, in the sense of, you know, they them needing me enough to continue to pay me to do what I w- was doing. So I was fired essentially. And so we're, other half the company. I found out later that the reason why I was let go was actually because there was a guy in the company who had come in and we had found out myself and another guy who had worked there. We found out that what he and this other guy did was they came in and they invested in distressed companies and they actually ran them into the ground so they could buy them for the debt Hmm. that the company was in. In other words, I got fired because the CEO was getting terrible advice Hmm. and Yet I had said what I said about him and in that email. And again, I could totally sugarcoat it and say, oh, I didn't mean it that way, but I did. I know in my heart and God knows in my heart that I wrote that sentence because I was angry and I wanted everyone to know that they're failing as a company and they were laying off people. Hmm. And, and that, was a, that was a big failure for me. And, it, you know, honestly, it taught me that if anything, I... Next time, as, as much as I would encourage people, get off your, you know, get off your butt. You get knocked down, you get off your butt, and you go reach out to your network. It might have been a good idea for me to have waited just one day to get over that anger yeah. before I started sending out stupid emails about how they laid off half their staff that day. So that was the lesson I learned from that. Hmm. And Matt, you know, where was God at in all that? You know, did... Were you having any kind of conversation, you know, after that or, you know, kind of, you know, expressing any kind of anger to him about it? I mean, where where was he in all this? I think, well, I know where he was. He was right there with me the whole time, but I, I wasn't looking to him. You know, that's, they always say God is right by your side. Would you, you know what you got to do to see somebody on your side? You got to turn your head. Hmm. And I did not turn my head. I just, I... I, I looked at myself and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm immediately, I'm not going to let this knock me down. Like I was just determined that I'm going to reach out to my network and I'm going to find a new job. But I, I, you know, I still had that anger in my heart and it, and it showed in that email. And, and so God was, it's not that God wasn't there. It's that I wasn't turning to look at him and say, okay, what do I need to do? Cause here's the thing. If I had just sought God's help on writing that email, I think two things would happen. One, I would have written a much better email in terms of what would have helped me. And two, I wouldn't have said stuff in anger. Hmm. And, and, or maybe God would have said, I just need you to take two days. Just, yeah. it's, it's a weekend anyway. Just be, you know what? I actually do need you to mourn for 24 hours about you just losing something of significance in your life. Yeah. Could you do that? Could you just mourn for 24 hours and then maybe spend tomorrow worshiping and enjoying time with family? And then on Monday morning, you know, get off your, <laughs> get off your butt and, and, and write these emails. I seriously doubt that if I had waited until Monday, I would have ever said that in the email. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's, that's a, such a powerful story, Matt, because it really does, you know, talk about, I mean, you're just in essence, I mean, here you are, you know, 
you're you lose your job, obviously, and there's I, I know that there's several people out there that have lost their job and that have gotten angry about it and maybe lashed out or said something they shouldn't have said. And I mean, heaven, heaven, I mean, heck, we live on social media now. It's probably this is probably rampant that this happens, but you know, because you're a Christian and because, you know, you've got a position in the marketplace, you know, and because you have influence over other people too, um, you know, what you say and what you do, you know, makes an impact whether it's good or bad, you know? And, and it's, and it's uh, real easy for me to judge those people who get yeah. on Facebook and rant about their jobs. Yeah. Uh, just because they do it in a public setting. Yeah. But I sent out 350 emails to some high um, people with an average of probably 700 LinkedIn connections each, you know, those kind of people. So it's really easy for me to get on there and judge and say, man, how stupid can you be that you get on social media and rant and rave about your job? And I'm like, well, I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, I mean, the, the I think the lesson that you learn is is that, you know, if you took in some time because, hey, it's okay to mourn. It's okay, you know, to, you know, kind of reflect and say, crap, that really stinks. You know, it's okay to go crawl up in your bed and cry a little bit, you know? I mean, heck, Jesus cried, right? <laughs> John, John eleven thirty five. I mean, right there. <laughs> See how we tied that all together and put I mean, a little bow exactly. on it? That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, that was perfect. I mean, here Jesus is. He his. I mean, oh man, Matt. Oh, this is good, Matt. I mean, Lazarus was Jesus's one of his best friends, and Lazarus is dead. And here Jesus is standing right before his tomb. And instead of getting mad at everybody or, you know, because, I mean, Jesus was accused of, you know, even uh, Mary and uh, Martha, I think it was Mary and Martha, if I remember correctly, about not coming in time, right? Because yeah. they told him, hey, hey, your, your friend Lazarus is dying and God didn't say, hey, go at that moment in time, that there was a period of time that Jesus just kind of sat around, right? And here he is, you know, he finally gets the to the place and you know he has a moment where he actually mourns right i mean that where he actually takes some time to actually you know reflect on the whole situation you know even as the son of uh son of god and i think that there's true power in that matt what you're saying oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know man hmm. that's good matthew i love it love it well matt let's do this just for time purposes you know let's go back up to the mountaintop Okay, where you have a light bulb moment, all right? You know, obviously, you know, as a Christian in the marketplace, you know, God gives us, you know, ideas and concepts and things of that nature. And you're like, man, this will work. Or, you know, I can see God's hand in this. You know, take us to a time, Matt, where the, that has happened for you as a Christian in the marketplace. Yeah, both of them were very recent. Um, one of them was, was episode 24, I think, with Ray Edwards. Of of the Ray Edwards show, one of my, literally the only podcast that I listen to every episode of of this podcast, and 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 I just asked him about what did it feel like when you when you started talking about Jesus on this marketing podcast because his show basically is like tech tip Jesus marketing tip you know that's that's a very loose format or interview with some marketing expert and but he has the spiritual foundations and he said I was scared to death because I thought it would destroy my career. But he said, the thing is, I, I just, I had this relationship. I had this person, this Jesus that I'm so in love with. How can I not talk about him? And when he opened up with his faith, I, you know, and hearing that story was a, was a big moment for me. The other one was, you know, my podcast is not a Christian podcast. I talk about God and I talk about my faith some, and I, I occasionally quote scripture, but it is not a, a overtly Christian podcast. And I, I was interviewing a lady named Caroline Nettles. This is, it hasn't come out yet. It's coming out pretty soon. It'll be within the next three weeks, I can assure you. She's not a Christian. And we did this interview, and I will never forget it. She said, and I said, Caroline, thanks for being on the show. And she said, oh, thank you, Matt. It was so great. And, and, and just, you know, God bless you and God bless your listeners. And I, I let the, the five seconds of silence at the end come. And the first words out of her mouth, she goes, I don't know why I said that. I never say that. 
And I just went, and she goes, you can edit that if you want. And I, di- I didn't say, I just went, hmm. And we, and we hung up. I said, and I, I had to go. I said, I, you know, I'm so sorry. I have another appointment right now. And as soon as I got into my next appointment, the first thing I did was I called my wife, Tara. And I said, you're, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> like this, this is what this lady said. And it was just one of those things that like, for me, I don't have an overtly Christian podcast. I'm not talking about scripture on my show, like driving it down people's throats. And, and there, there's nothing on my show that makes people, I feel like I'm beating them over the head with, with a Christian message. And it, it's not designed to reach just Christians. Yeah. And yet, and yet in this weird way, it had an influence on this one person to say something they otherwise wouldn't have said. And, and to me, that was, that was a big aha moment. It was just, I just went, you know what? I, I am doing God's work in a, in a very different way. It's just like, you know, mother Teresa, she didn't, you know, you don't need to quote scripture to, to comfort somebody as they're dying, Yeah, but she was doing God's work. Amen, Matt. That's good. Those are good. That's good that, you know, you had these aha moments, you know, and, that you allowed other people to impact and, you know, kind of open your eyes up to that, you know, you know, from Ray Edwards, you know, to that lady, yeah, you know, that's good stuff right there. Well, you know, Matt, let's, let's do this. Let's kind of, um, you know, kind of wrap them down. You know, I know that you're stepping on faith right now, you know, on certain projects and so forth like that. You know, what are some of the projects that you're excited about right now that you're working on? Man, you know, I'm I'm super excited about one project in particular that we have coming up. It's myself and, and my good friend John Corcoran and Mark Sievercrop. And and we're doing this event together. It's called Networking with Purpose Live. And that, that word purpose is a key one in there, as is the word live, because it is a live event where it's live online. There will be a replay available. But uh, it's basically, it's teaching people about this, this dirty word in a way, you know, this, this word networking. And so many people have this, this view of what networking is. And it's, it's the guy, man, I always get him. It's like the guy who's dressed way too nice for the event, who just walks around. And the first thing he does is like slide a business card awkwardly into your hand. Um, I call them business card pushers. You know I mean? They're like drug dealers, but with business cards, that's so (laughs) awkward. I mean, really that like, that's not what networking is. Networking is about relationships. And so I, you know, what we're going to do in this event, it's a two hour live event, it's live online. And we're going to just show you how to develop a powerful network that like we've done, you know, John's story is, you know, John was a, was a writer at the white house age of 23. You don't, you don't get a job at the white house when you're 23 years old, unless you're just amazing at connecting with people. Um, Mark, his story is, you know, and I remember I was a part of this, he had a job he absolutely hated. Like it was literally causing health problems. It was causing marriage problems in his life. Hated his job, hated his, not the person, his boss, but hated the way his boss treated him, uh, working like 70 hours a week, traveling all the time, couldn't stand it. And now he's doing something he loves and it's all because of his network. For me, you know, I've been, I gotta have a good network. I've been fired way too many times, (laughs) you know? And, and here's the thing. You don't, face prison and get fired a bunch and, and have the kind of record I have and get really good jobs or really good clients and a really good income. You know, we made three times more money this year than we did the year that I was fired the last mm-hmm. time, three times more. And, and income isn't everything. Money isn't everything, but it is the only scorecard that you can like look at on paper and go, yep, that's better. You know, nobody would go, ah, I really wish I made three times less this year. My life would have been so much better. I'm a liar. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for me, every client I've ever got, every job I've ever got came directly from my network. And I know you have a, a similar thing. So, yeah. you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about the psychology of networking, how, how to do that. We're going to talk about the X's and O's. We're going to, you know, give us literally what we're going to do is we're going to open our playbook. We're going to teach you every technique and every trick and tool that we've used. You know, John is a phenomenal 
guy at like CRM systems, customer relationship management and like technology. I don't use technology personally. I stink at technology, but I, I'm going to talk more about the mindset and, and how to find the time to build your network. And Mark's going to talk about how to use networking to climb the career ladder. And then we're going to, we're going to take some questions at the end. So it's going to be an awesome event. And I, yeah, I would just encourage people. You'll have a link, Tyler. It's, it's going to be networking with purpose live.com forward slash Tyler. And if people go to that, they can learn more about the event and how to sign up. And it's, it's on Tuesday, February 10th. I think I, I forget actually what it is. I think it's at 3 PM Eastern time. But again, if you sign up, there'll be a replay available as well. Awesome guys. Awesome. That's awesome. I, and Matt, we'll definitely have uh, this in your show notes as well. Uh, so that people can link out to it and, uh, you know, sign up for that. Cause honestly, you know, SEC, let me tell you, let me talk to you as a listener that you, you are only as good as your relationships. Okay. And your relationships are so worth investing in, you know, to get you where you need to go. And what Matt's talking about right here is so awesome. And that's why, you know, I'm glad Matt, you know, that you guys are doing this event because, you know, obviously you're not going to talk about God and Jesus and stuff like, but these are still applicable and biblical principles. that are still, you know, that people need to apply. And, you know, this is going to be a great resource for the, uh, for the SEC, you know, for success as community to be able to take a hold of. And I really appreciate this, Matt. Really I, th- I thought you were talking about the Southeastern Conference and we were going to start uh, football before <laughs> long at first. It took, it took me a second. I'm like, wait, so just, oh yeah, okay, I got it now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm, I grew up in SEC country. I went to an SEC school. You live in SEC country. I, I don't know. Where'd you I go did. to college, Tyler? I, I went to a small school called Coastal Carolina University, but I grew oh, up. Oh, the Chanticleers, the yeah. Chanticleers, yeah. But I actually, uh, my heart is still with the Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I grew up in uh, grew up in Georgia, so we can still be friends. We can still be. I know we can play in the sandbox nicely. (laughs) You know, it's all good. It's all good. Well, Matt, you know, let's um, let's kind of uh, before I ask my last question, you know, tell the SEC, tell the Success Edge, you know, listeners, where the best place to find you and connect with you. Go to mattmcwilliams.com forward slash defining success. That's going to be, it's a special link for your listeners today. When they're there, uh, I'll have links to my, my Twitter, my LinkedIn, all the fun stuff there. I have a special offer. I'm not even going to tell them what it is. It's a special offer. It's on that event and it involves saving money. Saving money is always good. Got a special offer on there for your listeners. But yeah, that's that's where um, all the links, everything everything we talked about today, I'll include there as well. Uh, I know I mentioned a couple of times like, hey, I write about this. I write about that. I'll include links to those posts and all that fun stuff. MattMcWilliams.com forward slash defining success. Nice. Good deal. And guys, I'll have all this again in the show notes for you. Well, Matt, let's take a walk. Let's go to maybe a Starbucks or a Caribou Coffee, whichever one. And let's go sit down and we're going to sit down with actually the young Matt, maybe say about eight or nine years ago. All right. That young Matt. And if you had five minutes with him, what would be the one to two topics that you would want to impart to Matt, young Matt? Hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> I would, I would encourage the young Matt to, um, to take off the mask and that's something, I mean, I struggle with that today. That's, uh, I, I kind of jokingly say I'm about 20% of the way there, which leaves me about 80% to go, but that 20% has made the world of difference because, you know, writing about things on my site, writing about the the story about how I faced 42 years in prison and, and, and all that was from a success standpoint, some of the most successful posts I've ever written. Hmm. And the thing I realized is that my struggles aren't unique and neither are yours. I mean, the Bible even says that there's, there's no struggle that is unique to any of us. None of the, the things that Jesus went through, through were unique to him, you know, other than being crucified and you know, all that. But even that, right. other people had been crucified back then. Yep. And, and so my struggles aren't unique, neither are yours. And by sharing, we give others guidance and we give others hope. Mm. And what I saw was that the only way I could be a voice, the only way I could... Sh- be like a guide to somebody was basically by wearing this mask and saying, I'm perfect. And here's how you can be perfect too. And you know what? Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody. 
My, my, here's the thing. My most popular blog posts, my most popular podcast episodes, here's the format they follow. I think, I don't know how many steps are out. I'll figure out after I say this. (laughs) (laughs) One, here's how I sucked at something. Two, here's what it cost me. Three, here's how I came out of that pit. Four, here's how it benefited me. And five, here's how you can do it too. Hmm. It starts off with, here's how I sucked. Here's what it cost me. Those are two things that are very painful to talk about. Yep. And what I, what I wanted to basically skip to was the, if you do this, so that here's how I came out of the pit, but there was nothing before that. If you do this, here's how it benefited me. And here's how it can benefit you and how you can do the same. And nobody wanted to hear that. But when I got, when I started including the first part, here's how I sucked at something and here's what it cost me. In other words, here's how I was so terrible. Here's how I was flawed. Here's how I was broken. And then here's how it hurt me. Here's the pain that it caused. When I started including those two things, things started blowing up for me. And I started finding the, the voice that I, that I wanted to have. And I started having the influence that I wanted to have. So the advice I would give to the eight-year-ago me is don't skip the, the dirty stuff. Don't skip the, the brokenness. Don't skip the pain. And don't skip the flaws. Because so many other people have that same brokenness, flaw, and dirty stuff in their life, and they're looking for a way out. And I, I know it now. I know the way out, or I'm on the way out. And sometimes that's what I write about. Like, I'm not there yet, but I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So I man, would tell myself not to skip that. Man, that's powerful, Matt. That's powerful. And you know, Matt, what you're talking about, you know, that's what really, you know, got me actually listening to you, you know, was that whole entire element. You know, because you talked about on, on your podcast, you know, just your past and, you know, the arrest that happened and, you know, the the 42, all those things. And I'm like, man, here's a guy that's really kind of bearing all right that need that is feels led to do that. And I respect that. You know, and I think other people respect that and that you still come back and you still, you know, here's the thing. I've always been taught. You know, you never talk about a struggle until you have a victory over it, right? You know, and I love that you still, you you talk about the struggle, talk about the hurt and so forth, but then you come back and you talk about the victory, you know, that takes place within that. So that's good. And if I may, real quick, the thing about it is that victory doesn't have to be like, you know, I I was addicted and I wasn't, but or it doesn't have to be that I was addicted to drugs and now I haven't touched drugs in 17 years. Sometimes that victory is I'm, I was addicted to drugs and I still stumble from time to time, but for the most part I'm beating it. Like you don't have to achieve total and complete victory just to be able to share your story and what you've learned from it. And some of the most powerful stories I've heard as I've, you know, been in like recovery groups and and things like that. I I write and talk about that recently on, on my blog about, the lessons you can learn from the 12 steps. Some of the most powerful lessons that I've learned were from people who were still in the, in the midst of it, but they weren't, they weren't in the depths, but they weren't out of the, the pit either. They were kind of in that climbing out process. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally, totally agree. With that. I mean, the, probably the first victory that you can have is actually identifying the problem, you know, and mm, well said, you know, and actually start the process of getting out of that pit that you found yourself in and, you know, being transparent because you can bring a whole lot more people along with you, you know, out of that pit with you, you know, whenever you're talking about how you're overcoming that, you know, but how you struggled with it too. I think that's yep. great, Matt. It's really, really good. Well, Matt, let's, uh, let's call this a wrap. My friend, this has been really good. Um, we'll put a nice bow on this and, uh, Matt, we really appreciate you being on the success edge, man. Thanks so much for having me, Tyler. I enjoyed it. Awesome, 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 Matt. Thank you, Matt, for sharing, dude. I know that uh, my listeners out there, the SEC, Success Edge community, got a ton, ton of stuff out of that episode. I know it was a little bit lengthy, guys, but man, I'm telling you, it is worth the listen. Even if you got to, even if you had to break it up into maybe one or two listens, I know that it was worth the listen. And one of the things I definitely want to point out, uh, Matt, what you said, and by the way, guys, you can go to the show notes at thesuccessedge.biz backslash 77 for all the show notes uh, on Matt and how to connect with Matt. You know, 
here, the thing I love about what Matt was talking about, guys, was, you know, here he is. He he screwed up in the beginning of his, you know, kind of early on in his adulthood life where he got arrested, all the stuff. He got fired. You know, I think we, we counted up maybe four different times. And yet he still is attempting things. Hello. <laughs> he is still putting his faith out there on the line. And, man, I think that it is something to say for that, guys, of having some resilience as a Christian in the marketplace and, you know, realizing that, you know, God's got compassion on you. Christ has got some, some compassion on you. And, you know, he he's going to allow you to screw up. He's gonna, it's going to happen. But he's going to pick you up, dust you off, and, man, you're just going to keep boogieing on down the road. And, man, just talk about perseverance. Man, Matt, I appreciate the whole entire, you know, all the stories and just all the, you know, insight that you were able to give into your life. I really do appreciate that big time. And, you know, guys, I got to go back to the beginning when we were talking about the two, um, you know, the two people that I wanted to highlight, what they're doing as far as their webinars. Obviously, Matt's. Okay, so you can go to uh, networking uh, with purpose live.com backslash Tyler. And uh, if you sign up to today, which is obviously February the 3rd, uh, you can use the promo code SEC25 to get 25% off actually the sign up uh, for that webinar, which will be a two hour webinar on February the 10th. Or you can obviously sign up sometime in the in the process, but just go ahead and utilize, you know, networking. For the purpose, live.com backslash Tyler. And uh, I'll have all that in the show notes, guys, if you want to go and find it at thesuccessedge.biz backslash 77. But the other uh, one I want to mention to you guys is obviously if, for, if you are a writer, if you're an author, my good friend Darren Shearer is a publisher, and his company is Highbridge Books. And you can go out to highbridgebooks.com backslash webinar and register for that February the 10th at 11 central time for his free webinar that Darren will be doing. And it is all about how to write a great book. You can mention me uh, as the uh, success edge podcast host. Just mention that in the registration and Darren will know to tag that right there uh, for the affiliate stuff. So sec, we're just trying stuff out, baby. I hope you guys can tell that. I mean, I think I've recorded, you know, this uh, the front end um, part and the second part maybe about two or three try- times just trying to get this right. But, uh, you know, Success as Community, I really do appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys just uh, continually l- listening. I appreciate you guys sharing uh, this out there on social media because that's how we're going to get the word out. I've seen a uh, kind of a little bit of a spike actually um, in our downloads, which is pretty cool and uh, is ever increasing. And man, I tell you, we're making waves and teaching people how to live successful lives God's way in the marketplace. That is what we're all about. So success as community next week, next week, I'll have none other than the Mr. Steve Ryder. Yes, Steve Ryder on the line. He actually did about 15 years with Focus on the Family, Dr. James Dobson, where he was the executive producer for that show. Now he's got a financial um, thing that he's doing now. But uh, Steve has got a phenomenal, phenomenal background. Uh, We actually recorded a second episode that I'll probably air later on about the family and uh, work-family balance. Uh, if there's everything that it exists out there, but I'm telling you guys, Steve's got a great story. You're going to enjoy it. Episode 78 will be his episode. It'll be coming out next Tuesday. So success as community. Love you guys. Appreciate you. And we'll catch you guys on the other side. If you feel inspired to take your God given skills to the next level, Download our free report called The Five Tools That Every Marketplace Christian Needs to Crush It in Their Career. God loves when we use the abilities He's blessed us with to do amazing work in the marketplace. So download your report by visiting the successedge.biz slash tools right now. And we'll see you on the next episode of The Success Edge.